0: Hi, it's Greg and Lucky, and this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is
1: what you missed. If you still have your Christmas tree up and it's a real tree, we um, will tell you right now, the wise men, they ain't coming. It's the uh, it's the epiphany <laughs> day. If they haven't arrived by now, although if you have a real tree and you keep that thing up much longer, when they do arrive, they'll find your house because it'll be the one that's on fire. Right, true. Because this thing is basically a fire hazard in your uh, living room, the fire department's uh, are saying, you know, please, if you've got a real tree, it's it's time to get rid of it. They're good for like four to five weeks at best. Like if you have an added water, say, in about seven days, <laughs> and and you notice the bucket's still full of water, it means it gave up drinking. Right. Uh, so it's time to remove that bad boy. It's put itself on its own right. let-me-die list. If you see itself trying to light itself on fire... <laughs> Sitting there in your living room, you hear the tree say, "Got a match?" <laughs> it's leaning towards the stove. <laughs> we used to uh, years ago when we lived out in uh, in Caledon, we would you know, the, uh, the the Epiphany Day we'd throw the tree out in the backyard and we would just leave it out there right. uh, until the spring, and then we'd have a fire and we'd drop it on top of the fire. I don't if you've ever seen a dried out Christmas tree oh, go They up, go. Wow, they go. <laughs> Third-degree bring Roll Charlie around that's on the floor. The, that's, right. <laughs> now that's a fire. <laughs> that's a fire. Oh yeah, they go up quick. Uh, so you'll want to get it out of your house. And and today is officially uh, take down your Christmas tree. Now, look, if you've got a fake one and you're just like obsessed with Christmas, keep it up all year round if you want. Sure. So, get rid of the real one. All right. Time to time to burn that bad boy. Uh, once it's outside. And actually, most uh, most towns their garbage pickup will have a day. Uh, you know, put yeah, your- I think it's in the next week. Yeah, or something. Monday. I think the 11th or something. It is for us. So, uh, but get rid of it. Uh, do yourself a favor. Of course, the uh, the joy of getting rid of a tree is the cleanup after when most of the forest is still in your <laughs> living room. <laughs> <laughs> As you're pulling it through the door. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's stripping itself. Yeah, I, and I, every year at this time, I'll say to Maria, "That's it. We're done with the real trees. We're getting a fake one next year. And then December first the following year, there I am cutting down the tree again." Six forty two. If uh, if you want to try to do something a little different, I think this is a terrific idea. This is for next Christmas, of course. I gotta. I'm gonna remember this. Okay. So this uh, this guy. He uh, decides for his wife he's going to buy her a set of earrings, diamond earrings, a nice pair of earrings for Christmas. Gotcha. But what he does is he buys the real one, and he buys an identical fake one. Oh. And the packaging is the same. The wrap is the same. And so the game is she has to open them both and then she has to decide. Uh, To choose? To choose. And (laughs) the one she chooses, she keeps. And the other one goes back. And this guy's got a uh, video showing his wife picking the fake ones. That's
0: awesome. (laughs) They do great things with Cuban Zirconia these days. (laughs) I tell
1: Adrian that all the time. It is our pleasure to have uh, Dr. Tony Stone, Chief of Staff at Lake Ridge Health, join us once again. It seems like forever since we last uh, spoke doctor and certainly although we're a huge fan of yours we'd probably rather not be having this conversation <laughs> like and most people we'd rather not see the doctor <laughs> yeah. if we didn't have to. and i'm sure you'd rather not be gabbing with the likes of us either about this but uh here we stand once again and as we uh, make our way into 2022 doesn't it feel like we're stuck back in 2020 once again
2: yeah you know what it, it feels like that Only, it's a little worse, guys, just because we're so tired. Like, who's not sick of this? Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you guys, me, there's no one who's not sick of this.
1: You know what we could do, doctor, and I know we're going to speak about Lake Ridge Health, but why don't we just avoid it all for a while? Let's talk about your hobbies, maybe your favorite restaurants, (laughs) your favorite vacations. What are you binge watching these days? I mean, this is the type of conversation we'd much rather have
2: yeah me too yeah. me too guys. yeah too, for good. sure
1: okay uh lake ridge health is is it really uh struggling right now there's there's a lot you're doing right and a lot that's good and the staff there are incredible but we're at year three now and uh we're really starting to feel the weight of all of this and it's only getting worse
2: yeah yeah that's um uh, yeah, yeah thanks thanks um again really guys for, for having me back so you know, if you watch this Omicron tsunami and you look at the numbers and, and you can just go to the dashboards and look at them, you'll see that the, the Omicron really started to take off in mid-December. Now, if you, you know, in typical fashion, hospitalizations started to take off two weeks later. And so like, like hospitalizations only really started to, to really start to um, speed up uh, end of December. So just over two weeks ago, we had four people with COVID in hospital. And this morning we have 70 Wow, and it's, it's, it's that quick, and if you now and the, and the worrying thing is if you again, if you look at the the rising the rise in omicron, and you know we're not going to know the numbers exactly now because of the change in testing right. rules yes but, but if you look at the rising numbers, we will still continue to see cases rise in here in Durham uh, in our hospital and then across Ontario and Ontario hospitals. Uh, we don't know when it's exactly it's going to slow down, you know is it going to be in uh, two weeks? four weeks is it a little bit further out uh, the experts have their guesses but that's the concern right because <clears throat> you know i think uh you know we uh there's already sort of um projections that um all of ontario will become short on acute care beds and that's acute care beds for covid but for everybody else all of the listeners for all of the stuff that we all need at the hospital besides covid um is going to be uh, more and more challenging to deliver Doctor, uh, when it comes to Omicron, uh, have you seen or heard any
0: uh, misconceptions that are happening with this? Because it, uh, you know, at, at first we were told it was mild, it was uh, flu or cold, and and now we're starting to see the hospitalization. So, so what do we know about it, and and what can we do about it?
2: Yeah. So, so, so that data is, um, you know, to the, to, as, as good as it get, as it is right now because it's pretty new. But the data is uh, uh, is, a, is that Omicron is probably about half as severe on average as um, Delta, <clears throat> so it's, a, it's actually probably a little closer to the very to the very first wave. Um, but the re- and so what's happening is if you look at hospitalization rates? Hospitalization rates uh, with, with Delta were about two two per hundred people, two per hundred confirmed cases, and now we're at one. So we've gone from two percent to one percent getting hospitalized. Um, But, you know, 1% of a a huge number still means a deluge in the hospital. Right.
1: Now, for those uh, who battle uh, constantly over this, and we we hear it all the time between vaccines and anti-vax, and now we're hearing the anti-vax side say, well, listen, even if you're vaccinated, you're going to get it. So uh, that starts to then hurt the the vaccine effort uh, because people are confused by this idea that, well, if you have the vaccine, you should be fine
2: yeah yeah it's it's so i think i think it, um number one, it is true that uh with omicron uh, if you're double vaccinated uh you're more likely to get uh symptoms should you should you catch it mm. you know and the data is is saying that basically uh, about eighty five percent of us who um, who have two vaccine two vaccines and we catch omicron we're going to get symptoms now, if you look at severe illness. Uh, there's still uh, it's still really very protective so I think it's it's more like you know um, uh, about 80 it's about 8% protective uh, against hospitalization but it's only about 15% protective against symptoms now if you get your third dose and you know where I mean everyone 18 plus is is eligible Mm -hmm. but if you get your third dose uh, the number goes from from um, you know 15% protective against symptoms up to 75% so so, the, so, so, getting the third dose is huge, and we want we want everyone to get out there and get it as fast as possible. Now, I know it sometimes it's tough to book right now because we're all we're all doing it, but but not never mind sort of the issues with the with the, the anti vaxxers if you will. Mm. Um, and and just and just on that note, just quickly, um, we know that if you if you look if you look carefully, um, the unvaccinated are are still fifteen to twenty times more likely if they get if they get COVID to end up in the ICU than the vaccinated.
0: Doctor, uh, there are so many questions that people have with this, and, and one of them, and I think this has probably been uh, the case with not only uh, Omicron or COVID, but before that, is when do I go to the hospital? Or, or what, what are the, when are these symptoms bad enough that I, I should be really getting checked out? Because now we're told just isolate at home if you have symptoms. What, what's your recommendation here?
2: Yeah. No, thanks. Larry. So, um, you know, what's happening is our COVID assessment centers and everyone knows that the rules have changed, although it's, the rules are complicated. So, you know, you, you can, you can go on, uh, I'm not sure in lots of media outlets to find out what the rules are about whether you're eligible for testing. Uh, but what we've done is we've converted the COVID assessment centers into these respiratory clinics. So, so, you know, it, um, what we're looking for people to do is to, um, let's say, go to our, our the, the COVID Assessment Center website. You can figure it out if you're if you're el- if you're eligible for testing just because of an exposure. You're eligible for testing if you have mild symptoms. But mostly, you know, everyone, all of us, all of us who um, don't have risk factors, we just stay at home when we have if we have mild COVID, and we just we just isolate and do what we're supposed to do. If we're, um, the really the target population now is people who are moderately ill. Now, what does that mean? It means, um, you know, lots of us, if we, if we were moderately ill, like we had a, you know, a bad, uh, you know, we felt we were coming down with pneumonia, we felt that we, felt like we needed uh, to be seen by a doctor, we may go to a, a clinic and they've been hard, they haven't been really um, as accessible in the, last, in the last year and a half. Uh, or you'd go to the eMERGE. Uh, with these clinics opening up, what we're wanting everyone to do is is if you are moderately ill, go to these go to these assessment centers to be seen. Don't come to the emerge. Come to the emerge as always if you're severely ill, right? If you're really short of breath, if you're if, just like before, if you're having um, bad chest pain. So so what we want is we want to really uh, ramp up the service as provided in the community, and you'll be able to to access those things through the website, and and you'll be able to understand what the paths are for you in your care. Now, that includes um, regular things like during the day, call your primary care doc to find out, well, where am I, where am I going to get uh, seen if I need to be seen? Um, and, and then uh, our, our assessment centers are there. We're also working with the primary care community to open up a number of additional respiratory centers. So that's the, go- that's the, that's the goal here. It's, uh, it's you know, if you're, if you're mild, stay at home and isolate. If you're moderate, then follow the path that we've created if you're severe as always come to the emerge
1: dr tony stone chief of staff from uh, lake ridge health with us uh, once again uh, and has been joining us throughout all of this uh, doctor we spoke about this back in in 2020 and certainly today we speak of it again do we see a light at the end of the tunnel you know we did hear that you know maybe if you got this it would help build your antibodies is this if history shows as i understand it i could be completely wrong th- this history shows that this is kind of how pandemics roll out you get wave after wave after wave and then at some point the uh the virus starts to peter out or we get enough people vaccinated that it it, it dies it down like are we expecting a eighth ninth wave or or how does this thing finally and i know you don't have a magic ball you don't know but do do we see this thing petering out
2: you know i hope so i hope that 2022 is the year that uh Uh, the way you just described happens, which is, you know, uh, there's so much um, immunity out there between vaccinations and frankly, people who caught COVID um, that, that the virus uh, simply doesn't spread as much. So what the experts believe, and this is not, this is not uniform because there's different opinions about um, uh, when and how this happens. And it happens slowly, by the way, Mm. that eventually we go to this steady state where, um, Covid doesn't actually go away, but it becomes, you know, it's manageable. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not running our lives the way it is today, uh, and it'll it'll be probably seasonal because we've already we've all seen that we've seen what's been happening every winter and then what, every summer. So that's that's the hope this year is that we we cross that threshold, um, and there be and so the so the thought is that there would still be some more small waves, uh, but you know, but you're right. Um, the experts don't all agree, and none of us for sure about that one.
0: Dr. Tony Sony, we really want to thank you for doing this, and of course, thank your staff, uh, chief of staff at Lakeridge Health, and all of the, the good people who are working there, who are, I'm sure, more than tired uh, of all that's been happening. We all want to be a doctor when it comes to going to the car dealership, but uh, but it's not <laughs> not so easy when it comes to, uh, to to dealing with with things like this and and really the same cases over and over again. It, it must the monotony must be getting to everyone.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, let me comment a little bit on that because you guys are, everyone's seeing uh, the impact on, on all industries as this Omicron tsunami hits. I mean, who doesn't know people who've had COVID now? Right. Um, and the reality is in the hospital and in all, the, in all of the healthcare settings, including e- ambulance, and you've, you've probably seen this on the media, um, it's, it's, being, it's hitting so hard that so many people are, in fact, requiring to follow the isolation procedures and uh it's uh you know for a number of reasons uh it's hitting our workforce hard so we're almost 20 percent of our workforce is uh unavailable right now to provide to provide care so the impact in the hospital is dramatic you know here we are where um you know this 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 wave of of hospitalizations is hitting and then our and able to actually work and deliver care whether it's covid or non-covid uh it's it's a challenge and so i want to i just wanted to flag that for everybody you know these uh, you know, all of our workforce, all of our, all of our nurses and our RTs and everybody, um, they're exhausted too. In fact, I think, you know, uh, to some degree, you know, there's some wariness setting in. So, so I guess all I would say is is even though people, and you guys said it, even though people are less afraid now of, of catching COVID, um, we're, I'm hopeful that people will just, you know, be careful, follow all these rules because we, we just need these cases to settle down so we don't overwhelm our hospital.
1: Doctor, to, to try to help the staff, there's been some discussion of uh, military being brought in to, to assist in the hospital. Is that something you, you would like to see?
2: Yeah, so, that, so we have those discussions at, at, at various tables, but not just in the hospital, but beyond at higher levels. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I can certainly see that ask coming back. You know, I don't know exactly uh, the size of the workforce that the military has to support. Uh, but when it comes to, to supporting things like, you know, non-clinical activity, um, we may need them. We, you know, so we I think, I think those decisions haven't been made yet. They certainly haven't been made at our hospital, but they're being discussed at a number of tables. Well,
1: doctor, as we started the conversation off, uh, certainly it's the last thing we want to be talking to you about, but we have to because it's so hugely important to make sure Lake Ridge Health stays up and running and the staff is exhausted, and I totally 100% uh, can understand that because... Certainly, we're even sick of just talking about it. So I can only imagine what you guys are going through. So really, what have you been binge-watching? <laughs> <what, what, what? laughs> Contagion. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, y- no. yeah, n- n- no, nothing medical, that's for sure. <laughs> I bet,
1: I bet. Ozark's coming back soon, we'll all enjoy that. Uh, hopefully we can all get back to just, you know, Craig
0: worrying about rashes and not the rest of it. <laughs> got... I'm still waiting for the photo.
1: Yeah, right. it's, it's a horror show. Really, <laughs> Doctor, I don't even, you might have to send me in for some kind of science. (laughs) research how is one man so covered in boils uh all right doctor thank you uh, again for joining us we're going to uh put this up online so people can hear it uh, through the the uh, rock.fm we'll re-roll this interview uh, later this morning because we want as many people as possible to hear what you have to say and how how we can help uh, lake ridge health and all of us get through all of this so please doctors stay safe to all your uh, staff the same we uh, very much appreciate all you've done Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me this morning. Cheers. There he is, Dr. Tony Stone, Chief of Staff, Lake Ridge Health. Are you a a fan of leftovers? You know, if you asked a younger Craig, it would have been a big, definite no. Uh, A lot of stuff. I remember as a kid, leftovers were just not a thing in my house. If you didn't finish what was on your plate, or even if there was, like, leftover meat, my mother had cooked extra or whatever, it all just ended up in the garbage once dinner was done. Uh, the world of the leftovers, I certainly got uh, introduced to them uh, more with Maria. And uh, I have now become a big fan because I realize a grated cheese and hot sauce fixes everything. <laughs> <laughs> and some things,
0: uh, you know, really pastas, I find, they taste better mm. the next day. And some things sits. need that little uh, time to sit, like a chili. Yeah. You give it a little more time to sit, yep. it, it tastes great.
1: Uh, when people were asked about uh, their leftover habits and just their dining in general. All right. Uh, the average person's weekly diet features five home-cooked meals, three takeout meals, three meals at a restaurant. I don't know the last time I ate three meals Like, at a restaurant. Yeah,
0: even even
1: pre-pandemic. And uh, three leftover meals. Now, the the people asked, it could be single. Uh, Certainly, when I was uh, on my own uh, between, you know, uh, living in Windsor or here, I did spend a lot of time in pubs dining. So, I could see a lot of single people dining out.
0: Well, and, and part of the difference, too, is that, you know... In our shift or our work lives, lunch isn't really a thing. Mm. Whereas, you know, a lot of business lunches could be uh, yep. that eating out in restaurants.
1: Yeah. Uh, almost all of us identify themselves as uh, fans of leftovers. But uh, what foods make the best leftovers? And you uh, just mentioned a couple. It's true. Soups and stews seem to be the most uh, popular answer. Cause okay. Again, you make a soup and then it sits in the fridge overnight. It's kind of marinate in its own juices and right. tastes great the next day when you warm it up. Well,
0: there's a couple of things. One, you know, soups, stews, chilies, that kind of thing. Not only are they good, but they reheat evenly. Mm. Like, you know, I had some uh, some pasta leftovers yesterday at lunch. And you get this situation where, you know, you nuke it for a couple of minutes. The outside will burn your face off. Mm Mm-hmm. And the middle is freezing cold.
1: Now, do you use the proper settings or do you just throw it in and hit one minute? Throw it in and hit that automatic button. Yeah. See, I I kind of figured out with my microwave that mine has a dinner setting. And so uh, what I'll do is I'll load up my plate with whatever it is. Hit the dinner setting. It's usually like five and a half minutes. Wow. But I'll let it run for like two and a half. Yeah. And then it's it's perfect. So you yeah. kind of just play with the different settings. But the other thing I've started doing a lot more of now is just pulling out a small frying pan. Right. And everything into the frying pan. I've heard that pizza
0: in the frying pan is the way to go.
1: Yeah, that's always a big debate. How do you heat up a I've pizza? I've been toaster oven. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that under the broiler. Uh, I've tried in the, I've gone into the full oven and just set it at like 275 or yeah. 300 and let it just slowly come around. But yes, uh, inside of a frying pan seems to really do the trick because mm. you get, you get the, uh, the crust, uh, gets nice yeah. and warm. And, and it's good. still
0: pretty quick, not as mm. quick as the 30 second microwave, but. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um. More than half of people also say they like leftover vegetables. Now, I don't know that I would just sit down and eat like a bowl of leftover broccoli. But uh, certainly if we had meat, potato, vegetables in the fridge, I'd make a a plate out of all of it. Hopefully there's gravy to drown it all. Or, again, (laughs) hot sauce. Uh, Chinese food, a big takeout uh,
0: leftover meal. Well, because the portions you normally get for the dinner leave a lot of leftovers as Mm -hmm. well, right? That's right, yeah.
1: Uh, least favorite, sushi. Yeah, I think, you know, you gotta, sushi's gotta go fast. Wow, yeah,
0: absolutely. Can't I, keep that around. I don't think I, don't think I would tempt, and because a lot of it's raw, I, w- I wouldn't be tempting a lot of it. No. with uh, no. Leftover.
1: Same with french fries. French fries are another tough one to reheat. You gotta eat them fresh and hot. Uh, yeah,
0: fresh and I, I, I can't <laughs> imagine keeping them for leftovers, because <laughs> I don't like them when they're cold in the bag. Yeah.
1: Now, again, they're one that I would throw on uh, in a frying pan. Salt and pepper them up. Okay. You know. Crisp them up in the frying pan. Um, eggs are also on the least popular leftover thing. could see that. Although, again, scrambled. Uh, I will admit to uh, avoiding them if they're in the fridge. I do like them fresh and hot. But um, well, i scrambled reheat, eggs. And when reheat you reheat them, you overcook them, right? Yeah, again, you got to go low and slow. Hey. And a lot of hot sauce. <laughs> Um, fish, salad, uh, any fried foods not on the list. I guess, too, because the fried part goes kind of soggy. Yeah, it gets oily and greasy. Yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of tricks to choking it back. And, and, you know, and it actually, it makes me feel good because I realize, you know, truly how much food we toss. Yeah. You know, we're really, really bad for that. And, you know, I see it in the grocery stores and it drives me crazy all the time. Certainly with restaurants, you don't notice it because you're not in the kitchen, but, how often you see them swapping out produce and they got a whole cart full of stuff that's just going to end up in the trash yeah. you know it's really really a shame for so many certainly now with the cost of food going up uh, so incredibly much that uh, for so many you know it's it, it's getting to the point for many of well do i keep the heat on or do we eat yeah. You know, well, and, and it's tough because we're we're
0: so lazy that we want all these kind of pre made and pre packaged mm-hmm. yeah. foods. Yeah, but to do that just creates
1: more waste no, too, right? It really is a shame. So, if you got a big bowl of broccoli, heat it up, choke it back, don't throw it out. So we got as a gift this year, uh, the kids that got us one of those Roombas. Okay, and so uh, we've been uh, we've been using that, and it's just a little terror. This thing, it has destroyed more than it's vacuumed up. <laughs> So, we were talking yesterday about construction and home rentals and how long they take. Right. And so, uh, when I I had mentioned that we have these lights that need to be installed and literally have not been done since the rentals were finished, for one reason or another, we just never got around to it. We couldn't find the lights for the longest time. And then we finally found them. And uh, now it's just trying to get my contractor to come back and do it. And he's a busy guy, so... Uh, Anyhow, we had this string, literally, that was uh, attached to the wire underneath the cabinets so that when it came time for these lights to be hooked up, he could just pull the string. It would bring out the wire, easy to hook up. Gotcha. The Roomba took that string and ripped it away from that wire, so now we don't know where in the wall that wire is. The photos, I said, because I got home and Maria's figured out through the app she can turn it on and off from work, right? Okay, so I she'll gotcha. get to work and then she'll, she's having fun with it. So yeah. I'll get home and I'll hear it motoring around the living room. And uh, and so yesterday I, I heard it and, uh, in the afternoon. She turned it on in the afternoon. I heard it and then I didn't hear it. And then it has a little voice in it. Like it'll say, you know, please come I'm and stuck yeah. I'm stuck or whatever. Help. I can't get up. That's right. So it says please clean out the filter and I turn it over and the whole string is all wrapped up inside oh. of the, the unit. So I take a photo and I send a very colorful text to Maria. <laughs> I mean, I, it's a nice gift. I, you know, that room's fairly small. I don't know what we need a room for in that thing. We had uh, we had one uh, for about a minute.
0: Same kind of thing. I think it was a Christmas gift and, uh, and after looking at our house and the way that it is kind of designing this isn't going to work right like you know uh, split levels Mm -hmm. just don't work out very well uh i I don't think unless you're gonna have one on every floor
1: yeah i mean look the the rest of the house it's our main living area and it certainly is where we spend most of our time so if you have to run the vacuum kind of over the hallway and in the back room that's fine and I think Maria likes the idea because it is our main living area. There's always bits of food and crumbs and crap all oh, over the yeah. floor. So we just, just live in the filth.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, in the in the since we've had it at Christmas, it's been running quite a bit on and off. Maria will always be turning it on Has and it off. Has
0: it learned the, the the layout? It's supposed to learn, right? Well, so it doesn't bump into everything. Uh, it's
1: still learning. Yeah. I I think When I got home uh, a couple of days ago, it was just teetering on the top of the steps. I think it was trying to run away. Right. I don't think it likes us very much. There's a
0: version of that apparently now for lawns, like a lawnmower version. Oh, I bet there is. And and that, uh, to me, would be much more useful, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, for a lot of people, certainly it would be. I I uh, I look at cutting the grass and I guess shoveling the snow in the same way. In that I say to myself, at least it's some exercise, right? You okay. <laughs> I say to myself, at least at least you're up and moving for a little bit. So, anyhow, uh, yeah, that was my my day yesterday unclogging that thing. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Good times. Uh, who is Theodore Giselle? He is uh, better known, much better known than his birth name, Theodore Giselle. Teddy, Theodore. No, no. no Dr. Seuss. Really? Yes, that was his real name, Theodore Giselle. He came up with the pen name Seuss when he was caught drinking in college and got banned from extracurricular activities. But he wanted to keep writing for the humor newspapers. (laughs) Not a doctor either. Not really a doctor. No, sir. Elvis Presley, you know, he sold some uh, albums along the way, couple, but his best-selling album ever, Elvis Christmas album. All right, it's best. It's the also the best-selling Christmas album overall. I think it's his birthday this week, later this week, or this
0: weekend, January or something. Sixteenth,
1: perhaps. Is that what it is? I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just I was just reading. Uh, Priscilla will be part of the uh, the celebrations in Memphis. So the how Recognition old, of it.
1: How old was he? Uh, was he born nineteen thirty something? Right. Uh, yeah, thirty six, maybe. Um, I think it's thirty five. Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think it's one of the milestone birthdays okay. yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, she uh, she's had a pretty good life off of the uh, Presley name, right? You know, she uh, actually she saved Graceland. Much much uh, much applause for Elvis fans have to go to her because it was basically in. Uh, Well, the tax people were going to take it away from Elvis. He was so broke at the time. That's why he was doing, like, midday shows in Cincinnati on a Sunday because he had a lot of tax bills to pay. Well, when your manager is taking 50% of everything you make. Well, the the crazy thing, too, is, I mean, like, she's going to be part
0: of, like, a symposium and taking Mm. questions and conferences and stuff about her life with Elvis which was like six years, right? Like, yeah. You're married from like 67 to 73 or something like that.
1: Yeah, and about three of those years didn't work out. Right. So but I been, mean, it's, it's been together. 50 years almost yeah. since. Yeah. But or- Graceland still lines them up. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see it. I, I it, It's one of those places I've said to Maria a couple of times, you just hop in the car. I'd like to see Memphis. I'd like to go to right. the city of Memphis and see it. Um, the birthplace is so much music. But uh, yeah, that'd I'd, I'd be fun, I think to see, uh, although I guess you don't get to see the whole house. Like, certainly you don't get to see the bathroom. No, I don't. No, Well, no. New. Not that bathroom. Do you know, so you know yesterday when we were talking about Betty White and the last thing she said was Alan? Right. Somebody else was talking about the last thing uh, famous people said. Yeah. And it is said of Elvis that as he was making his way to the bathroom, his then-girlfriend Ginger somebody, Alan, maybe Ginger, said to him, don't fall asleep in the bathroom. Maybe he had a habit of doing that. Right. And he said, no, I won't. Well, he did fall asleep in the wow. bathroom. The deep sleep. Yeah. Um, Paul Newman, uh, an amazing actor. You know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Towering Inferno, so many great movies. But he was not only just a great actor, uh, an, an, an amazing human being who gave away and donated so much money. Uh, in, in relation to his own wealth, as a philanthropist, he gave away more than any other person during the 20th century. Really? So, based on, you know, like uh, as much as he had, percentage of wealth. Yeah. Wow. More than like Bill Gates has done, or, yeah. Right. That uh, sauce has sold well. Probably a sad
0: reality is that, you know, more people today know him. As Newman's own dressing, right. than as an actor. Yeah, <laughs> Paul probably, Newman, a race car driver 1.2. I think he, he got into that.
1: If you've never seen uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, it's one of the all time greats. It really was, uh, I guess, 1969. It was just such a fantastic movie. Him and Robert Redford, like mm. a, like they, they were the biggest stars on the planet at the time. And it was a, yeah, just a terrific film. Um, have you ever heard of the card game Klondike? Uh, I don't think so. Yes, you have. You've probably played it. Okay. It's Solitaire. Oh. Solitaire refers to any tabletop game you play by yourself, not just the famous card game. Right. There's a lot of versions of it. Yes. But the one we know online? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the card game wasn't called Solitaire until 1990 when Microsoft called it that when they first added it to the Windows operating system. Wow. Yeah. Remember when you first got, like, a computer? That was one of the first things you could do, play solitaire on the no, computer? No, there's another one. Uh, Hunter. Yes, I remember <laughs> that one, too. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Matt Groening, who created The Simpsons, uh, he's only written four episodes. Out of all of the shows, all of The Simpsons, the, uh, the man who produced it, Matt Groening, only wrote four And in three of those, he's a co-writer. The only episode that he's the sole writer in was from 1992, where he was Homer's manager. Or he was, uh, when manager was, uh, let's try that again. The only episode that he was the sole writer in was where Homer managed a country singer. Oh. How do you create a show and not write any of the episodes? Yeah,
0: well, you, that's that's a really good creation. Yeah. And the fact that it's still going. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's he's raked
1: in. He has no time to write episodes. He's too busy cashing checks. Right. We pronounce Adidas wrong. It's supposed to be Adidas, uh, slight emphasis on the first syllable, not an Adidas as we stress the second syllable. Hmm. Mm. I thought it was Adidas. I think it was the, like, it was the guy's name. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I just remember it is all day I dream about sex when right. I was a kid. That was the funniest thing I ever.
0: <laughs> was a kid, that I just, remember Run DMC. Yeah, my Adidas. Boy, what a song that one.
1: Yeah, back when rappers, that's all they sang about their running shoes. Yeah, and to this day, I mean, they Adidas the what, the simple white running that's shoe with classic. the black stripe. Right? Yeah, yes, yeah, see, Lorianne always walks. She's always got a her kicks. Right, her Adidas. That's what the kids call them kicks. Oh, oh that, yes, yeah, that that's, that's what I heard. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing on the street amongst my peeps. Uh, and finally, in the past, soccer balls were brown and then bleached white. The black pentagons were introduced for TV at the 1970 World Cup to show viewers the position and rotation of the ball, particularly on black and white TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to do something to try to liven up that sport. <laughs> <laughs> Still boring as sin. Rock
0: Mornings with, with Craig, Craig and Lucky. Lucky.
2: 94.9 The Rock.